to episode 12 of the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Greg joins us once again as this week's guest. Hello, Greg. How are we doing, lads? All right. And once again, we're joined by a very happy Laurie this evening. Am I not usually happy? Like? <laughs> Especially happy. <laughs> Happier than normal. I just think as you introduced this episode 12, I just had a vision of like this kind of 24 or usual American kind of series thing where previously on the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Can we include, well, we can, can we include that and I'll have like some little highlights of what's gone before. Yeah, and when we, we end it, same, same back time. <laughs> same back time? No, next week on the Scottish Football Forums. Although no, because I don't have a time machine, so I can't tell what we're going to talk about next week. So yeah. I won't work, forget about it. But yeah, I, what, the reason I brought up the episode number is because I forgot when it was episode 10, I forgot to mention it. Forgot to mention a landmark. Like so, 10. Um, yep, so now the next one's going to be 100. So I'm going <laughs> to try and remember. <laughs> try and remember. Take a note now. Yeah, I'll write it in my diary. <laughs> right, so going back to earlier in the week, I thought we'd start and look at the, the SPL games that were on midweek. Mm-hmm. And Rangers faced Kelly on Tuesday evening. And we discussed this last week and mentioned that it wasn't on TV because, well, the Champions League's on, so nothing's allowed to overshadow that because we all know that everyone would be watching the rangers Kelly game instead. Yeah. The scoreline <laughs> score line was 2-0 to Rangers. I had predicted a 3-0 victory to Rangers, so I would have got one point in the, the predictor. Laurie, you copied me. As usual, you went for 3-0. <laughs> And John went for 2-1 to Rangers, so a point all round there. On Wednesday evening, Hibs faced St. Johnson. And, well, to me it was an upset. I'd predicted a a 2-1 victory to St. Johnson, but Hibs came away winning that 3-2 with O'Connor continuing his his decent streak with another two goals. Laurie, you'd went 2-1 to Hibs. Surprisingly, I think I was the only one who backed Hibs. <laughs> yeah, you were. Uh, John had went one each. I didn't think it was so, that yeah. big a shock, to be honest. I think Hibs have been improving. I think it's Billy Brown. It must be. It's, only, it's the only logical explanation for Hibs' uh, upturning <laughs> fortunes is Billy Brown. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't see either game <laughs> in midweek, I must confess. I was watching Champions League games. I uh, did listen to Hibs and Johnston, and it sounded like Hibs, again, they're, they're very reliant on O'Connor, but, I mean, a lot of teams are reliant on certain players, in particular goal scorers, and um, good victory for them. They do sound quite suspect at the back still, but they're getting goals, and I think they're climbing the table, so it's the, to the utmost relief of Mr Calderwood. I haven't seen the game, so I'm not going to put my own opinion to it, but I did hear in some circles that O'Connor... What a questionable penalty! Um, which is it's it's very interesting to me that if, if it was a dive, I can't for, say it was for sure because I've not seen it. But some people have told me that it was a bit of a dodgy dive that we hear very little about it. But if it's a Czech player or a Lithuanian player doing that against Scotland, then it's not out of, it's not out of the papers for a good few weeks. Yeah, I think the the issue is it's when it's on the live TV. And it happens. I think that's when the media picks up on it because, well, it's a fairly high-profile match in in this country in the the, the Premier League, and it just doesn't reach the papers. 
Whereas if it had happened during one of the, the televised games, one of the it's normally the old firm, if it happened during that then the the phone in lines would be red hot during the week, calling for the the player, calling for the, the referee to, to be demoted and yeah. I thought we'd take a we move away from the SPL because on Thursday night the Europa League Celtic faced Udinese and drew that one one each after a very, very dodgy penalty for Udinese to equalise. Yeah, it's a real, real soft one, wasn't it? It was um, it's one of these that if you, if you get it, you're quite happy, but if it's given against you, you're livid. And, and to be honest, I felt a bit sorry for Celtic because it looked as over the, the course of the game they'd, they'd done enough to get the three points. And Europa League campaigns, they're in a tough group. You've got to pick up points, you've got to pick them up at home, so... You know, dropping dropping those two points might prove ultimately quite costly for Celtic, especially I think when whenever they were sort of tipping the easy to come out and, and issue them a hammer, and mm-hmm. that certainly certainly wasn't the case. But I don't I don't know what the attendance was in um, on Thursday night, but I, I happened to be driving seven thousand. I think I saw. I, I was driving past Parkhead sort of after the kick off, and I could see the top tiers of the stands, and it certainly looked it looked pretty sparse up there. So it'd be interesting to see whether there's there's really a lot of interest in the in the Europa League campaign from the Celtic fans. I think you've got to take into account the kickoff time. I think we yeah. we we did briefly mention. I don't know if it made the final cut, um, but we did we did speak about it last week. Six o'clock is a difficult kickoff time because people will be working or doing other things in the day. And I think also European games generally aren't. I don't know the Celtic policy, but generally they're not included in season tickets. So no, and it's Europa no, you League. Normally get a, yeah, you normally get a reduction if you're a season ticket yeah, holder. Yeah, and you you get the option to get your seat, but it's generally you know, a lot of the Stella fans won't live in Glasgow; they'll live in other places, and it's not it's not the competition they wanted to be in. So um, let me just I think I did see thirty seven. I'm just going to double check, uh, thirty seven thousand. So yeah. I I don't think that's yeah. that that bad. You know, considering that Celtic get what under they get about only ten thousand more than that generally for domestic games. It's not that bad, but yeah, it's not the competition they want to be in. Yeah, it was disappointing for them to concede a late penalty. Again, it's not a game that I've seen unfortunately. But uh the only thing is I did put down one one. Got to mention that. I mean that's what me I think Jay predicted that as well actually. He did, he yeah. did I went for two one for Udinese, so I was wrong. I did fancy Celtic to they argued at home but as Greg very aptly mentions hits the nail on the head in these competitions, especially if you're Celtic, who do not travel well at all, I think they really need to win the games at home, and to be honest I hope I get proved wrong but I can't see them finishing higher than third, I think they could get ahead of Stad Ren, Rene, or however you're meant to pronounce it, but I can't see them finishing ahead of Udinese and Atletico the only way I could have seen that happen is if they won the home games against those two teams again, as I say I hope maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I can't see them picking up points away to Udinese, especially if they'll probably use Di Natale that game. I think that might have been their chance to really get the three points on the board and put pressure on Udinese. But as it is, I fear Celtic will finish third at best behind the Italians and the Spanish, which is no... I don't think it's a big big shame to do so. I mean, you look at Athletic Madrid spending £30 million on Falcao, Udinese are joint top of Serie A, they're no mugs, neither of those sides. It's a, yeah. it's a very hard group considering it's the Europa League. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, the circumstances of getting into the group as well with the, 
the whole legal issues and uh, Celtic, they weren't in the correct pot, so it's harder than it should have been for them. Yeah. I don't know what pot they should have been in, but were they not in the, the fourth pot? I believe they were. I think they were, yeah. I think they were. I think that's the one they went in. They would have yeah. been second, I think, would they not? Yep. Been there? yep, they would have been second pot, I think, had they gone through, through normal. Yeah. yeah, so it would have been a totally different group. It's a big mess, though, that whole thing. What well, I mean, I, in part of me feel sorry for UEFA because they had to do something. I think they had to, they, they couldn't just put Celtic out. I think they had to do something. There was no time to replay the match, which is what a lot of people thought would have been the right thing to do. And what did they do? The draw being made everywhere else. What, loads of clubs would have been an outcry if they'd said, we're going to redraw everything. And then maybe some clubs who'd got a quite a favourable one suddenly had a hard draw. I didn't, they had very limited kind of options, I think. I think UEFA would have just been hoping that Celtic could beat Sion. I think that was what they would have had their fingers crossed what would have happened. But it's a big mess. And I think the, the quicker we hear the end of it, I think the better. Because it's just, I think I hear that a lot of Swiss teams are kind of getting embarrassed and angered by Sion now because they're just dragging this out. And it's they're never going to get back in. Come on. It's, you know, yeah. they're going to other courts and things. They entered the competition. There was rules which they had to adhere by the competition rules. They didn't. They've been chucked out. It's that. You go to whoever you want, but it was a UEFA competition. You broke their rules. You know, they told you you couldn't play these players, and they did, and they've been chucked out. I just I just wish they'd just let it drop now, to be honest. Yeah, but well, one thing is, is they seem to have gone very quiet. I'm not sure if they're still pursuing the court arbitration, but it has seemed to have gone very quiet, at least in the media in this country, so hopefully, hopefully it stays that way. Hopefully that is. Yeah. So, moving on to Friday night football on the SPL, and Aberdeen faced Dunfermline, which I suspected would be a very boring game, and I was totally wrong. The final scoreline was 4-0 to Aberdeen, but after seeing the highlights, it's no exaggeration to say it could have been 8-9-0. It I don't know what happened to Aberdeen. I don't know where they got their shooting boots from, but they were they were flying. Bruno will be he'll be keen to play Friday night football every week if that's how they play. They'll be keen to play Dunfermline every week. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> yeah, I saw the highlights. No, a great result for Aberdeen. I mean, there's no, there's no. I don't think there's any easy games in the SPL full stop this year. This teams are very up and down, and Dunfermline. I think we've all kind of highlighted the fact that, yeah, they can score goals, but they're very suspect at the back. And unfortunately, this was one of their bad weeks. And I don't know if maybe Dunfermline are showing their true colours at the moment, that maybe, you know, a lot of people tip them as a first division team in the SPL, and maybe that's shown that. But yeah, I think Aberdeen would be delighted. And you've got to credit where credit's due. I didn't see that coming. And one player from the highlights anyway, especially, I thought Ricky Foster looked kind of on fire. Um, lightning down that line. Down yeah. that line. Um, I mean, it's Jason Thompson's against, and as you know, Jason Thompson's rubbish. But um, <laughs> I've told you before, he's crap. I've seen him too many times. But yeah, great result. Vernon, some good score. He set up a good assist as well for five years goal. And I have to say, you know, I'm no fan of Aberdeen, as many people on the forum have noticed, and as Craig himself isn't either, for different reasons maybe. But um I was I was glad to see Fivey kind of getting his first goal since his injury because I think he's a good prospect and it's good to see a young Scotsman on the in the score sheet and yep all round great win for Aberdeen you know you can't argue and attendance wise it was no worse anyway 
than the weekend. Game. It was eight and a half thousand on, I think. Uh, so. eight, eight and a half, I think, is what it was. What it was um, tagged at in the paper, which given the given the initial outcry was maybe quite surprising. They managed that. I much. think that's maybe slightly more than what Aberdeen have maybe would maybe expect against Dunfermline just now on a Saturday. So yeah, I think it was round about the seven mark they've been yeah, getting so. the last few weeks. So it's another thousand on the gate. Not bad, yeah. Maybe it definitely look good on TV. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I remember they, they trialled the Friday night football, must be about 12, 13 years ago now. Uh, we played we played Hibs up at Fir Park on a, on a Friday. Um, and I mean, I, I, I can't remember what the attendance was off the top of my head, but I remember um, being there and it seemed like a decent crowd. And um, it was a really, really good atmosphere. And I think it's that, I think it's that whole fact that it is a Friday night and you know, most people don't work the next day. Most people have probably been for a pint before the game, almost certainly going for one after the game. Yeah. They just seem to lift the whole mood of the place. There seemed to be like a almost like a, a sort of portion of the crowd that were there who probably wouldn't normally be there on a Saturday. So part of the night out almost, isn't it? And if you do on a Friday, I suppose definitely. you know, you can nip say, Right, we're gonna go out tonight, like where we're going, well we'll go to football, have a beer before, nip to the football. I think if there was alcohol in grounds it would probably be even more people there, but yeah, I, I mean, I, it can't hurt, you know. I mean, I, I've got no, this, you know, answers that would say it's going to be a brilliant idea or it's going to be rubbish. But you know, it can't hurt if we have a couple of Friday night games and it starts getting rubbish attendances. Then just go, well, we'll go back to Saturday. You know, there's no, there's no harm in doing it. I don't think. And I would say the first one, uh, it wasn't a failure anyway. And I would say maybe mm-hmm. very mildly successful. Yeah, think- they did. They, sorry, sorry, Craig. They did. They did the same thing in the. Um, the first division as well. Partick Thistle were playing. Oh yeah, Orton, maybe. Uh, for yeah. and again the attendance yep. appeared to be up in where it would normally be. And again, they're, they're reporting um, sort of positive feedback from that. Although geographically, that, that seems to make more sense that particular tie. But I'd like to see them maybe extend it and, and you know try and um, try it with one or two other clubs as well, just to see if it does make. We'll see. Cause it, yeah, I mean you can never tell things. It's often. The novelty or the different thing yeah. about it at first, so yeah, it might it might fizzle out, but yeah, there's no harm in trying it. You know, you're not committing yourself to play on Fridays for the rest of <laughs> for the rest of the season or for whatever time. You know, if it doesn't work, then move it back because it hadn't worked. But yeah, no harm in trying. It, I think, and certainly hasn't seemed to do any damage so far. Yeah, I think that if we start pushing that maybe as a, a TV slot as well for future TV deals, I think that could be quite attractive to people like Sky who I think they show championship there's a championship game on Fridays yeah and to be honest when I've seen them they've generally looked like decent crowds I mean I don't I can't claim to watch loads of them but I know the BBC do the highlights of the championship and I've often kind of had a wee look in the highlights of the Friday games and they've certainly seemed to have reasonable crowds and that's obviously games being live on TV as well which will usually affect tennis to a degree Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think authorities have cottoned on to the fact as well that you know not just football's changed but but, but life in general's changed over the last twenty thirty years. Whereas thirty years ago at three o'clock on a Saturday was um, was generally the working class man's couple hours out the house and he went to the football and you know that's what he did. But things have swapped around now. You know people who have got have got families and young families and, and I'm not speaking from personal experience here, it's, it's difficult to find those couple hours every second Saturday whereas a Friday night, when you're maybe probably not get too much else going on, it's ideal you get out and a couple of pints, watch a game, then back up the road or you stay out for a wee while, your Saturday's still your own, so I think there's definitely scope in there to, to look at taking it further, but 
time will tell, I suppose. Aye, so moving on to the the usual weekend fixtures. And we, want to whiz, we want to whiz through so we can get to the big game on the Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Dundee United versus Motherwell. Ah, do we need to talk about that? You'll know the scoreline, 3-1 to Motherwell. Mm-hmm. I had predicted a 3-2 victory for United. Sorry about that, Greg. Yeah, little face. Laurie had Laurie and JB had went for a two-all draw. So I looked at, I watched the highlights, and well, what the, the standout I'd like to mention was Pernas and his kick out. <laughs> what was going on there? That was a, a bread and butter kick out. What do you mean his kick out? He confounded it with his lamest attempt at saving the ball I've ever seen. I thought Higdon looked like he felt bad for him and tried to pass it back and he still <laughs> let it in. I, was... I think Higdon did his best to try and miss. The kick it was awful, but I mean that that saves dear to me. I think he went down like a deck chair, the boys. <laughs> and then uh, Gary Kenneth as well, trying to shepherd the ball out for a penalty and then realise what an idiot he'd what a fool he'd made of himself and then just brought him down. Oh it's comical. Yeah, no, it was a it was a um it was a cracking victory up there because it's a, it's never an easy place to go and we've been less than convincing the last um, last few weeks even though we bet Aberdeen last week it wasn't really a very convincing display but I listened to most of it on the radio yesterday and by all accounts I think we're probably we're probably uh, deserving of the win with the old uh, the elder statesman in the team Keith Lasley popping up from the first goal which I mean, he's 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 done well this season he's scored a few and he's he's playing some of the, the better football he's played. So delighted to see him getting a goal. And Higdon as well, it was good to see him get a couple because he was in the receiving end um, against Aberdeen last week. Quite a few of the, the supporters in the stand were giving it to him both barrels. Mm. Yeah, I'm not really sure why. I think probably because we were struggling to win. He seemed to be singled out as the as the um, main culprit. So, yeah, good to see us get back to winning ways. Two goals for Higdon. One for Lasley and a wee cheeky first goal scorer bet for yours truly and Keith Lasley at 41 as well. So. 40 to 1? 40 to 1? Yeah, 40 to 1 you were getting Keith Lasley yesterday. Why? 40 to 1? 40 to 1. Just on first goal scorer? First goal scorer. These bookies you see they've done. 40 to 1? That's another business. 40, yeah. Who was that that with? If you can mention. Paddy Power. 40 to 1? Paddy Power were doing 40 to 1. I was was delighted I got Rudy Scatchel against uh, Celtic at 12 to 1, but 40. I mean, centre halves are often like 25s. I've got I've had Zalukas down at twenty five to one for first goals. Yeah. Forty one. I, I don't think the bookies I don't think they fancied us to win yesterday and um I think the best price you were getting on I think Higdon was the was the shortest odds. He was eight to one. Um and then like so Humphrey was sitting sort of sixteens. But yeah, Lasley's sort of he's not got a great scoring record in previous scenes. He's done all right this year, but he's not really known as a goal scorer, so I think they've maybe let that one slip a wee bit so I, I suspect they probably won't be the same sort of odds next week but never mind that's a couple of quid off the Aye, the milky bars are on you I don't want I don't want to put a dampener on um, the win but I have to say what are those kits all about oh steady you're not going to have a go at the silver kit are you <laughs> silver kit I just silver what the it's about as grey as Lee Keith Lasley's hair <laughs> it's just like I remember Hearts had a silver kit in the 80s. Obviously, seen videos because I'm not as old as some 
some people but, um, <laughs> it just looked it just looked hideous like i have to say i thought it was absolutely hideous i mean i've seen some bad kits but i thought it was pretty rank maybe it was just me that's, that's that's the lucky kit i'm afraid that's a hundred percent record in that kit so I'm, <laughs> I'm fully expecting to see it trotted out at easter road in a couple of weeks <laughs> So if only we had a, one of the enhanced podcasts where you can get the images that pop up, eh? Now would be a good time to show it. I'm sure people can look it up. Ah, if you want to look it up, look at, wait till you see the United-Motherwell game and how questionable <laughs> the Motherwell kits are, but there you go. It reminds me a bit of the Man United kit. Remember? Oh, that's right. Aye, that's right. Ferguson that the... was complaining, saying that the the players were merging into the crowd. Did they, did they not drop that after they got absolutely annihilated by Southampton. Yeah. Or something. They actually. Aye, it's because they thought that the players were merging into the crowd for some bizarre reason. <laughs> Ferguson, any excuse? Eh? Yeah. Right. So moving on to the next. Did I mention that Lauren JB went to all for that one? Yes, you did. I I did. You yeah. did. You did. So the next game up is uh, well, the next game up in my list anyway is Inverness versus St Mirren, which Inverness won two one, which surprised me a bit. Didn't surprise me. <laughs> Another one right for you two one there. <laughs> yep, I, I'd went two 0 St Mirren, and JB had went one 0 St Mirren. Yeah, I didn't expect that one at all. Oh, I did. I, f- I fancied Inverness at home. I think St Mirren are kind of they're a bit up and down as well I think um, and away from home I don't know just fancy Inverness to get the the uh, win recorded I saw the highlights uh, just seemed it was good for Shinny and it was and we get them right it was Andrew wasn't it the newer was, they've got Graham who signed from before wasn't he but Andrew's the more recent signing I can I, I can hear blank faces from both of you. Yep. yep. <laughs> Andrew Shea, I think, is. I'm pretty sure it's Andrew because there's two of them. Anyway, whatever. Uh, so a good win for Inverness. Uh, it's hard to tell in the highlights, and I, I've not even read a report on it, I'm afraid. So apologies if there's any fans of those two teams. But all I can say is, you know, at this stage, Inverness had a, a struggling start. So very good for them to get a win. And it opens up the league a fair bit down there. You know, you've got... Inverness, a point behind Aberdeen, Hibs and Dunfermline, all on one point, and then a point ahead in Killy and Dundee United, so it's very congested down there, and I think it's good to degree because I honestly, I, I can't call it down there, really can't. Yeah, I think Inverness, I think they're starting now to maybe pick up the points um, that the, the, the football deserves, because they've they've kind of, they've not really had the, the rub of the green the last month or so, but I think that one, that victory yesterday's the Maybe the turning point for them again. Just just going by the highlights as well. They certainly seem to have the bulk of the chances. They could maybe have won a wee bit more comfortably in the end. Uh, but it's, it's it's a good it's a good home win against a decent side as well. And yeah, like you're saying, that it makes the bottom of that table now look um, ever so ever so close. With Dunfermline perhaps starting to head in the wrong direction, and Inverness maybe picking up some points could be really interesting. An, an amusing one to look at is the fact that Inverness are um, the same points behind Celtic that Celtic are behind Rangers <laughs> so it's, it's well, typical SBL you know there's one team and then you've got all these Celtics and Motherwells challenging for the second place you know such a boring <laughs> league eh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the next game up is Kelly against St Johnson which finished 2-1 to St Johnson and my man Sandaza popped up again and scored I'd predicted uh, a one each, Laurie. I think you'd went the same. Yep. 
I was speaking on Twitter and outside mid asked a question whether I thought that Sheridan and Sundaza was maybe the the best uh, frontline partnership outside the old firm. What do you think? I suppose at the moment, in terms of in terms of goals being scored, it's, it's hard to argue against that just now. Sundaz is shaping up to be to be one of the signings of the season if he continues doing what he's done the last few weeks. Sheridan as well, I think, is not a bad player. We had him at, we had him at Motherwell for I think he was in loan for maybe six months or so, and he's got a decent physical presence and he's mobile, but he, he tended to terrible moustache though. Ah, terrible <laughs> moustache. <laughs> Tend to run a bit of headless chicken half the time. I think he's maybe taking that about his game now. Um, certainly, I'm watching them a couple of weeks ago at Fifth Park. The two of them are a, are a decent partnership. But just in the subject of that game yesterday, I think I think it was a bit of daylight robbery. Looking at the looking at the highlights, Kamarnik seemed to have the bulk of the chances. Um, St Johnson created maybe two or three and, and took two of those. So it's hard to argue against it. But I, I think uh, I think Sandaz is um, is really on form at the moment. So yeah, the two of them, the, the two of them are very impressive. I think working together, and I couldn't really argue with that. I mean, does can Gary O'Connor count as a partnership by himself? No, no, it's not going to work. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just yeah, they, and like you say, I mean. Again, I'm only going by highlights, but yeah, they seem to be quite clinical and sort of snuck away with the points. But I think that's important. I think the old firm have showed on occasion that they get points because they take their chances. I think last week against Hearts, by no means it was no snatch, it was no undeserved victory against us. I think they thoroughly deserved it, but they didn't have a whole lot of chances either. It was just a case of they made a couple of chances and they took them when they got them. And they did deserve it. We were rubbish last week, so I don't want to pretend that there's any sort of undeserved claims from me there. But yeah, they seem to be working well together. And it was the same last week. Sandaza put Sheridan in for two goals and they seem to be working off each other well. And that's that's exactly what you need. You know, as two strikers who work together. And even maybe the best partnership in the league because the, the probably the best partnership that ever gets played together, which I think is at Celtic and it's Hooper and Stokes. Um, and they don't ever get played, so uh, yeah. maybe at the moment, certainly, exactly what St Johnson needs, because I don't think they're the most gifted of teams, to be honest. They don't have technically brilliant players, but they seem to be getting a knack for grinding out results, and I think that'll be important in keeping them in the league, and at the moment, in the mix for the Champions League spot. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think at the start of the season, I think they would have been happy with a top six. But but right now, as you say, they're they're pushing for for European football, which is a long season, a long way to go. But you've got to have you've got to have ambition. Yeah, they're sitting with a they're sitting with a positive goal difference as well, three goals. Yeah, and the positive as well, and there's only another three sides in the SPL with a positive goal difference. So that tells you tells you all you need to know. They're they're certainly sticking enough goals away at the right end to to be justified in being at that point in the table so yeah if they can keep that going um, I think I think they're, they're shaping up to be a certainly a top six side anyway Moving on to the Rangers against Hibs game which finished 1-0 to Rangers I'd been a bit over optimistic and went for a 4-1 victory to Rangers Laurie you'd went for a 3-1 and JB would went a, a 2 each from what I've seen in the, the highlights, I thought that the Rangers seemed to boss the game. I think Hibs, Agogo did have a, a really good chance that McGregor somehow saved when they were one-on-one, 
But other than that, it seemed to be all Rangers. Wild had a, a few chances, uh, as well as setting up the goal. Really a standout player. Whitaker, I don't think he want to see that penalty again. It's, <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. They only showed you one real angle in the highlights, so you couldn't really appreciate how high over the bar it was, but it did look really bad. Yeah, I was listening to a bit of it, and I, I watched a wee bit of it on a perfectly legitimate and not illegal stream. <laughs> and it, I, I Rangers seemed a bit nervy. I, I'll be honest. I, from from the brief, I watched bits in the first half. I missed the second period, but they, they did look a bit nervy. And Hibs looked like they set themselves out quite solidly and almost hit them on the break a couple of times. But I, it was one of those games where I could just. It was almost like you were just waiting for Rangers to get that goal. And um, if Hibs weren't going to snatch one, then I felt that Rangers were going to get at least one before the end. And they got that. And um, that's the kind of games it can be difficult because as Hibs showed last season, when they were also playing very poorly, um, and they went and scored three at Ibrox. So, you know, you can never discount Hibs. Uh, they often seem to do quite well in Glasgow, I find, against both of the old firm. They seem to have a, a decent record of causing upsets there. Easter Road, not so much, but in Glasgow. So, yeah, I think Rangers will be happy. By no means spectacular, but they they kept fighting and they got the goal in the end. And um, as many a Rangers fan will say, that's why they're champions. Yeah, I think it's, it's Rangers doing what they've done um, for the last umpteen seasons. I think it, I think it's another ominous result for the, re- the rest of the league. Not just Saturday's result, but the one against Kamarnock as well, where you've got your know, potential banana skins there and, and Rangers maybe not playing brilliantly, but they're still doing enough to, to pick up three points and, and, and sort of knock these these sides away. So, yeah, it's, it's difficult to look beyond them at the moment, to be honest, the way they're playing. They seem to be able to grind out the three points, and that's as we've heard time and time again. It's, it's these sort of games that win your leagues a lot of the time, so it seems to be business as usual. Ibrox, yeah. Cool. One of the the players that has been getting a lot of focus has been Morris Edu, which uh, especially at the start of the season, the first few podcasts of was very critical of him, and I really couldn't understand why he was in the team, and. At the start of the season, I would have McCulloch in, in his place every time, but he's he's clearly ignored my criticism and he's he's come on to a game lately. And well, I think he's and I think he's definitely first choice in the in the centre of the park alongside Davis. I, I can't see McCulloch getting in anytime soon. Ness Ness either. I, I think Eddie's somehow turned it round. Don't know don't know how it's happened, but he's turned into a player. McCulloch's rubbish though, isn't he? <laughs> no, I quite like McCulloch. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's past it, but that's just my opinion. I would rather see Ness in there, but I'll be perfectly honest, and I've not really seen a lot of his performances this season when he has played, so I couldn't comment whether or not he would merit being in there. Um, Edu's seemed quite decent the last couple of games, but again, I think Rangers just don't have a whole lot of options. It's it's bizarre. You got Rangers with very limited options, seem to be getting more out of players than they really should and then you got Celtic who seem to have countless options and can't seem to fit a decent team together so it's it's, it's a bizarre sort of contrast really yeah. Yeah, I think I think Lafferty deserves a, a mention as well because again he's, he's popped up he's popped up with crucial goals when it's mattered this season a guy that was sort of much maligned in seasons going by he certainly seems to be um, sort of doing the business for them this year as well so it's I think a certain amount of credit's 
due to him as well. He's getting these vital goals and he's a turn of vital three points left, right and centre. And... Yeah, he's kept it running really since last season. He's He, he had a, a good run towards the end of the season and that was almost expected from him to do that. And he's he's kept it going, which was unusual. But yeah, he's he never really looks an accomplished footballer when I see him. He, he just looks a bit too gangly. He, just, he doesn't really look too sure what he's doing. But it's effective. <laughs> it worked. So, yeah, yeah. So moving on to Sunday's game and to, to give Laurie his moment. <laughs> uh, Hearts versus Celtic. And what was the scoreline, Laurie? Can't mind. Um, no, two 0 uh, as our first clash with Celtic ended last season as well. So a thoroughly enjoyable day. Um, I have just having a couple of beers now. Uh, it was quite a well-behaved day. No, no pub after the game. Straight home for a couple of beers. So my um, my good father was with me, and he doesn't often go to the heart of Celtic anymore. So oh, what was that? I don't know what that was. Was that Celtic season falling off the show? <laughs> so yeah, as I was saying, my dad um, doesn't usually go to Heart Celtic games as is often the case for some people because it can be quite a uh, controversial and nasty these days. So I think that's probably the first time my father has seen Heart speak Celtic in the flesh for a couple of decades, actually, literally. So quite a momentous sort of day. And to be honest, I don't think we were that great today as much as... I'd, I think we were decent. I think we were solid at times and we took our chances well, but what surprised me more today was just how very poor Celtic were. I, the first half I thought we kind of edged it and I was sort of I thought we'd maybe missed our chance because we didn't really capitalize on some having the ball in some good positions. We weren't peppering the Celtic goal or anything, but I thought we had the ball in some good areas and we didn't make the most of it. And I thought right, second half Celtic have been poor, they're going to come at all guns blazing. And I told my dad I'd give it five minutes before they went 1-0 up and that's it. Um, <laughs> the pessimist that I am. Yeah. But it just never it never really happened. They never really got going Celtic. And as it transpired, Scatchel took his goal brilliantly. Um, and a red card, which I, I couldn't tell exactly from my angle, but by the sounds of it, from Celtic and Hearts fans I've spoke to after, it was Stonewall red card. There was absolutely no question about it. So it seemed there was no arguments and we it actually seemed to turn the game in their favour briefly, as red cards often bizarrely do. They actually had a spell of a few corners. They never really tested us, but they had the ball in our third quite a bit. And then um a nice little back heel from uh Templeton, which I hear that Stevenson's taken the credit for that as well, is scoring yeah, the goal. He, <laughs> he told them to back heel it, so and Stevenson was quite cool in front of goal and one, the main thing from Hart's point of view I'd say was interesting was the fact Sergio seemed to completely drop his entire philosophy and say, right, we're not going to pass it about patiently. Um, we didn't go hoofball, I'm not going to say that, but we did play it quickly and directly a lot, which was ideal against Celtic. This was the main reason I thought we couldn't beat Celtic this season was because when we do beat them like last season, it was because we were quick, we were direct, we got in about them, and that isn't doesn't seem to be Sergio's philosophy, but he did that and it worked. We weren't playing long ball to a striker, mainly because we didn't play a striker. Um, <laughs> but we played the, used the channels well. I thought Templeton kind of stretched them a bit, which was good. Scatchell, why we don't... I think he maybe proved that he should get a start every now and then. It's his first start of the season. And whilst he wasn't fantastic by any means, 
his just his movement, his enthusiasm, the fact that he's always willing to shoot and he always has a goal in him makes him, I think, a worthy addition to the Hearts team, especially at Tynecastle. You know, he's always good to be in there. But I think the main worries will be coming from the away fans. I'm not getting too excited. I think Celtic were very poor. But it was good for us to get a win. It was important to get a win because we've been so poor the last two games that it could only get better. And hey, you'll take a win against Celtic any day of the week. Yeah, it's a, it's a big win for Hearts. I think, you know, tomorrow there'll be a lot of talk of Celtic and dropping points and everything else. And I think that's a wee bit unfair because a 2-0 victory at home to Celtic is a cracking result, especially as Laurie was saying, after some indifferent form the last wee while, but um, I mean, as much as it's, it's pleasing to see teams taking points off the old firm, um, it needs to happen a wee bit more. I mean, we've got Rangers here now, not streaking ahead, but have now opened up a, a significant gap ahead, unless someday... Mate, some... to be honest, I think we should play the... If Hearts played the old firm more often, we'd probably have more points. We seem to do better against them. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the other teams that we fluff up against. I swear to God, I see us take more points off Rangers and Celtic than we do against... St Johnston and Motherwell. Yeah, no, it's just it's just a bit depressing, man. You know, because it looks as though they're, they're starting to open a, a significant gap up there, and there'd be nothing worse than you know things being over by Christmas. So, be a wee bit of luck. Somebody somewhere will drop some points off them. But I mean, it's it's the same after all these games and Celtic dropping points. You just wait for the um, the predictable tirade in the papers tomorrow morning about Lennon's job and all this other nonsense as well. So. I think I'll uh, I think I'll skip buying the papers tomorrow. To be fair. Well, Greg, that leads us on quite nicely to a, a thread that's on the forum that was started by El Chapi uh, about twenty twenty to three today, titled "Time for Lennon to Leave." Oh, dear me. I mean, he <laughs> he goes on. He says he's he, he's not progressing Celtic. No heart in the team. Celtic need to bring in experience. Lennon's had a fair crack, and he's not up to the job. I think I think I agree with you there that I just when I, I read things like this I, I just despair. It's it's far too early in the season to be talking like that. There's I think he's I think he's done a good job last season. He it really went down to one game whether he won the league or not. Yeah. He, he won a cup, he, the the big cup if you will. Comprehensively I, as well. It's fair to add, even though I was I was in the I was in the way in that day. I mean Celtic Celtic bossed that game and never looked like losing it. So I, I just think that people are a bit too quick to to jump on them after. It's maybe not just one result. There's maybe the, the St. Johnson as well, but there's not that much of a difference between themselves and the top of the table, bearing in mind that they've got a, a game in hand and say they win that, does that bring it down to seven points? Which, yeah. that's that's not panic stations yet. I think I think the Stunfermans are game in hand as well. They've got the firm up the place. So I mean, without being too too unkind to Dunfermline, you've got to kind of assume they'll pick up the points there as well. So it might it might go to might go to seven points. But I think questions have to be asked, to Lennon. To be honest, I I I think it's maybe too early to be sacking, and I don't think it's the right time to to sacking. I don't think anyone's going to benefit from that. But you've got to ask questions, and I think um I think Lennon has had a hard time off the field a lot. I don't think he deserved I don't think he deserved it and I didn't like seeing that. Um but at the same time I think it's maybe taken away from um his skills as a manager because you know people want to back him quite rightly, you know, Celtic fans as you'd expect someone who's getting that sort of grief or you know getting attacked that they they showed a lot of kind of um backing towards the manager and I think that's a bit of solidarity that was good for him as a person as well as a kind of football manager but I think 
in terms of things like selection and tactics, I think people have to ask questions because I don't think even maybe Rangers fans would question the fact that on paper Celtic have the, the, the playing staff which should mean they should win the league. And for me, I'll, I've been proved wrong so far this season because I thought that the difference had always been Walter Smith recently because he's kind of he's got that sort of Alex Ferguson has over Man United. He gets a bit more out of players. He knows how to see out games. He knows how to set up maybe when you're not favoured to get a result. And I thought with McCoy's inexperience, I thought this would be the chance for Lennon and Celtic to kind of get back in there. But it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. And it's early days, of course. You know, it might all change around. And whilst I don't think he should be sacked, I think you've got to ask questions because, again, now this is a Celtic fan um, who is a mate of mine who is on the forum as well. I think he's on his Danny Boy 1980, 19, sorry, 1888, rather. A predictable sort of date. Um, but he was... Tell me earlier, he just he has the question the decisions that Lennon makes, in particular after good results. And he actually gave me a stat which he gave me, so I've I've not checked this back up. But he said, um Stupor uh Stupor? God, too many beers. Stokes and Hooper's <laughs> partnership, um, they've won seven out of seven games this season with them starting up front in the partnership. Without them, zero out of seven games. And that's interesting. And I and well, this is that was a, a stat that I didn't know. But personally, I just thought from seeing it that the partnership Celtic should play is um, Stokes and Hooper. Mm-hmm. That's for, whenever I see them, they link up well in terms of playing little passes between each other, one twos, and it always seems to be most effective. Yet yeah, Samaras, we all know Samaras is pretty much rubbish. I don't think anyone apart from Neil Lennon thinks that he's not. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, you, you can't say that. You've got to say allegedly rubbish. Allegedly his, rubbish, sir. His agent will sue you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Sorry, I refrain. Uh, Samaras is supposedly not the best of players, but, and I thought I thought Bangura, maybe he'll come good. I, I don't know much about him. I thought he was awful today, and I thought Hooper was non-existent. And I thought, but it, was, it wasn't the right match, I think, to maybe put in Bangura to kind of, you know, one of his maybe first games. He's not really started scoring yet. You know, Tynecastle's always a difficult place in particular for Celtic not always for the right reasons but it's it's a very kind of intimidating place for them to go and they do often struggle at Tynecastle I don't know why he doesn't go with Hooper and Stokes I, I really don't I was very glad when he Stokes didn't start and I started getting worried when I saw him warming up to come on thankfully it didn't transpire to actually affect the game but I think you have to question some of his some of his tactics and his team selection he doesn't seem to have much sort of second plan B you know, my mate was also highlighting the fact that they'll play at home to, I say inferior teams, but teams who you're expected to beat at Parkhead, whether that be even Hearts, be Dundee United, Motherwell, St. Johnson, whoever. Oh, sorry, no, they didn't beat St. Johnson. But, uh, and they, they've hammered a lot of them. And that's all well and good when they're playing a team who have got inferior players and they can pass it around and they find the space. They're at Parkhead, it's a nice big pitch, the fans are behind them. And, you know, it all goes well and they put four or five past them. But that's still just three points. Rangers only won 1-0 at home to Hibs. They kind of to- toiled a bit, but they got the three points. They then go to away to another game, and they might struggle and get another three points with a 1-0 win, but they get the three points. If you go to two games and you win 5-1 against Sunday night, but then you get beat 2-0 by Hearts, you've only got half your points. It doesn't matter how well you won the home game. And he just seems to have little in the terms of a plan B, adjusting his tactics. And I don't know. I just think he's stubborn as well. I think he's too stubborn and... He seems to want to want Samaras to do better than he. I think he's almost blinded to the fact that Samaras is detrimental to the team when he's playing. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. There's been a lot of talk this season about the financial situation at Rangers, and in a, in a perverse way, it's perhaps it's perhaps benefiting them a wee bit. We've already touched on the fact that they don't have a, a great deal of choice when it comes to picking their first team player. The Celtic and the and the flip side of the coin have a have a far bigger squad, so perhaps this is this is leading Neil Lennon to tinker a wee bit with his squad when perhaps he should be leaving it as it is. And also, you throw the Europa League thing in there as well so when you he's maybe looking down the road of doing sort of squad rotation and, and tinkering with a side which he'd, he'd be better leaving well alone but I mean I think you look at the you look at today's result I mean that's I wouldn't say that's a disastrous result for Celtic I mean going to Tynecastle was never an easy place to go so it's not I mean, it's not a howler the St Johnston result yeah I mean that sticks out as being a real a real bad one and um, but then you can look at Rangers getting and put out the the, the league cup by Falkirk as well. I mean, they're not they're not immune to this either. So, uh, I mean, if we were sitting in this position, sort of halfway through the season and they've lost another couple of games, then yeah, perhaps his his position is on the question at that point. But just now, I mean, the, uh, Celtic will probably beat the majority of teams in that league fairly comfortably, and I would I would I would imagine Rangers have got points to drop somewhere along the line as well. So it may well it may well redress the balance, but. I mean, to be sitting talking, what's this, in the, the first or second day of October, October, and we're talking about, you know, pressure and bosses and, and jobs. And <laughs> Jim, Jim Jeffries has been sacked for a good month now. <laughs> I am taking hearts out of the equation because they could have gone through two managers in this time. It, it just seems a bit mad, you know. I mean, different matter for sitting in January and Celtic are way off the pace, they're dropping points, then, yeah, maybe it's time to say um, it's not working out for them, but. I think he's got to be given a fair crack of up as well. And he's brought a lot of new players in too. You know, you've got to remember that. And these guys maybe haven't settled in as quickly as they would have hoped. But um, it's just, I mean, I, I mean, you make a valid point. There's got to be question marks, um, questions asked over squad selection and whatnot. But I can imagine the papers tomorrow morning going to town and all this. And I, I kind of... That's, that's, that's just the job. You, if you're an old for manager, you expect that any defeat is disastrous. And I'll be the same for Ali McCoyst. If, if Hibs had... Take it that snatched a win at Ibrox. It would be the same, I think, today, um, well, Sunday or whenever this is getting broadcasted. <laughs> the papers would be doing the same thing. They'd be saying, you know, McCoy question McCoy's job. And it's just, yeah. if, if, you, if you're going to be manual firm, then it's, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You know, it's all great because you're at such a big team and in a league where you do have the, the resources to beat most teams, which means that when you don't beat a team where you're going to be calling the question. I mean, in terms of reaction in that thread, I mean, you've got like Charlie Boy, who's a Celtic fan, saying, cheerio, Lennon, do the good deed, please. You've not got it. Away and learn up in Peter Heed or somewhere. Then try it again in maybe about 20 years or so. Um, in terms of going joke, uh, he's saying, I don't think Neil Lennon should go. Granted, we had a poor result against St. Johnson, but hey, that's football. We lost to Irox and Tynecastle. Okay, I would rather not have lost uh, either. But they are both tough places to go. I remember last Christmas, a large number of Rangers fans were screaming for Walter Smith to be sacked. It's a long season, and now is uh, not the time to be changing at the manager. So, I mean, there's, there's obviously a mixed reaction. And I, I'm i certainly no... I mean, it's, it's not my place to really care. But uh, I wouldn't be calling for his head. I just think he maybe avoids criticism about his, his job as a manager because there's this kind of solidarity with him. Um, because of the kind of hardship he's went through, which, as I say, I don't disagree with. I think it's good that the supporters have went behind him so so strongly, but I think it's maybe allowed him a bit 
of leeway in terms of his management. You know, they only lost three games all last season. They, no, four all last season, sorry. And they've only they've lost three already this season. You know, another defeat... I, I agree with Greg. I don't think it'll happen against Dunfermline. But even if it's seven points, you know, say another two defeats the next month, if Rangers don't drop points, then you are talking the possibility of 10, 13 points. And that's a huge gap in any case. But in, when especially when it's the old firm, when that would, again, that's already talking about Rangers having to drop, you know, lose four or five games and Celtic not. And it's just, it's a big, a big gap for this stage, I think. It's not a big gap in a whole season kind of terms, but to be the first, the second of October or whatever, sorry, and to be at that stage, I think it's at the point where things, questions have to be asked and Lennon's got to kind of address things. And I think for one thing, sort out his team selection because he changes teams which have been doing well and puts players in who haven't been playing well. And I was going to give an odd shout out, actually. I mean, I don't usually share uh, Celtic uh, websites, you know, just because I'm a Hearts fan. I don't go and tend to read Celtic blogs much, but the Lost Boys, which is this lostboys.com, uh, I, I was tweeted during the match today. It's a word of advice, you know, never look on a, one of your rivals' uh, board forums when you're at a ground, kind of hiding hiding my iPhone screen as I was on the Celtic forum trying to find this article, but... It's like myself and the Scottish Football Forums podcast was mentioned on the the um, the Lost Boys uh, blog in a positive way as well. So just thought I'd give them a wee shout out and the article writer on Twitter who is uh, KRYS1888. I want to give him a follow. It was uh, I didn't read the rest of the article. I don't know if it was. Uh, I think it was a bit uh, r- rather less positive in regards to hearts so i just <laughs> yeah, i just yeah. read the positive paragraph but there a wee shout out there so um the scottish World forums podcast getting a wee mention on a celtic blog who would have thought yeah I, I mentioned it on facebook and i'm sure there's going to be a few individuals wondering how i found this out <laughs> is that how <laughs> i spend my evenings reading the, the celtic blogs <laughs> so, my, my bears i well now i'm now i seem to be a, a complimentary um Celtic back and I said to my Celtic mate earlier, I was like, I better not gloat too much on the on the podcast now. We've got Celtic fan base, you know. I didn't want to didn't want to annoy them. So that's a, a good shout out for Celtic. They 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 were they they worked admirably today. Just unfortunately <laughs> the better team won. <laughs> you'll just call, you'll just call for the manager's head about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just I'm voicing the the it's the voice of the people, the the Celtic fans, you know. The, I'm trying to be the the voice for them. I'm just reading what they're saying. I'm sharing in their disdain, <laughs> sharing in their heartache at the at the horrific defeat at Tynecastle today. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I well, I thought we'd we'd move on to look at the games coming up well the single game coming up really uh in saturday which is Liechtenstein versus scotland just when it was all positive and then you go and spoil it all by mentioning scotland yep <laughs> yep so uh going back a bit on friday the czech republic play lithuania and well i think we're, we're hoping for a for a wee helping hand there but I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's going to happen. So, so, so get me right. If 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 they don't, is it right if um, 
if the Czechs win that game, is that is that essentially all over for us, or is there still some glimmer of hope, or do they have to get some sort of drop some sort of? Point? If the Czechs win, we would have to beat Liechtenstein and Spain. We'd have to win both, wouldn't we? I th- I totally got that wrong. Did you? Wouldn't wouldn't be the I, first time. I did that. Nah, that's totally wrong. You're right. C- c- cut that bit out. <laughs> no, this this is all staying in. I can't be bothered editing that out. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I uh, I knew it wasn't right when I was reading it out because the Czech Republic plays Spain on a Friday. But they do play Lithuania as well before it ends. Is it, it the last game? Yes, yes, they play Lithuania uh, on the 11th of October when we play Spain. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically, we're hoping for a helping hand from Spain on the the Friday evening, which, well, I think they're going to beat the Czechs easily, even though Spain are going to be, well, pretty much, they'll pretty much win the league, if not uh, guaranteed win the league. So it comes down to Saturday's game where we're we're the only the only international for some reason. I'm not sure how that's worked out. I'm not sure why we're a half six kickoff. Yeah, that's bizarre. So with the news that Miller is potentially out with a, a groin injury after being subbed at the weekend. Christ, we might actually score. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how that's going to work though with Levine, and we know how he likes to play. Well, sometimes plays with zero up top, but he likes to play with one up top normally. So I'm not sure how that'd work without Miller, when the other forwards that are available are Goodwillie, Mikhail Smith. And Naismith. For the record, Which... for the record, I actually don't, I don't mind Kenny Miller. That was just a bad joke. Um, yeah, well, I think if Miller is going to be, I hope he makes a change because I don't know how Ross McCormack wasn't in the team to begin with. One of the best players in the yeah, championship scandal. so far this season. Scandal. Top scorer in the championship this season. Um, and I was surprised at him and O'Connor maybe not so much. You know, O'Connor, he's maybe not fully match fit yet. He's kind of just back in. I. Maybe not so, so much surprised that O'Connor is out, but I, I, I thought McCormack was pretty much a guaranteed pick. I don't understand. Goodwill has not been playing. As much as Goodwill is a good player, he's not been playing barely at all. He's come off the bench a couple of times for Blackburn, but he's not been a team. When you've got a striker who's playing in the championship, which, let's be honest, it's a better level than SPL. Um, mm-hmm. And he's scored, I think, and, is it? In parts, yeah. Nine. In parts, away you go. <laughs> and he's got, is it nine, I think, this season? Nine and 11 or something, around that? He's a guy He's a guy that's done well when he came in for Scotland before, you know. I'm surprised he never really maintained his, his place in that squad. But, I mean, Levine's, I don't know, I mean, he's, he's sort of sticking his neck out a wee bit here, but not calling these guys up. But I'm kind of past the point of caring. Because <laughs> I... This 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 campaign's over. I think. I mean, I, I don't want to be too pessimistic, but we're we're talking about some, you know, a chain of results to maybe help us get a chance of beating Spain. And you just think, oh, you know, give it give it a rest. Just somebody put the final nail in the coffin of this campaign, you know, and just put us out of misery. Yeah. But, well, we could we could qualify if we we don't beat Spain, or we don't even need to draw. If the the Czechs get beat off Spain and Lithuania, we're not going to win a playoff. It's I'm I'm with Greg to be honest. I get I struggle to get excited about Scotland, and sometimes I feel like I'm a slight glory hunter with it because I remember how good it was when, well, it wasn't that great, but how briefly 
interesting it was with McLeish and the, and Walter Smith for a while, but I just I can't get as excited about Scotland and I, I and the good thing is when we get beat I don't care as much because it's Scotland and it doesn't really matter. I don't know, I, I just find it very uninspiring and Levine who who always has this claim that he all he only picks on form is a load of rubbish really, isn't it? It's just a kind of he just toe in the pot. He doesn't pick on form. He picks the players he wants to pick. Miller's apparently had a bit of a nightmare start at Cardiff up far. He did score one, but apparently he's been really struggling to the point where was a manager not saying he was going to get him to see a psychologist about his inability. No, I didn't read that. No. I'm sure I saw somewhere he was going to see, he was getting him to see a psychologist about his inability to score. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was on the pitch, that is, before anyone asks. Um, and it's just like, well, I don't actually mind Kenny Miller. I mean, that's it's it's an option to have in there, but you've got to have a, a good Willie again. I thought it was almost you played him up front against Lithuania. So like you're talking about a guy who's not played internationally, and you suddenly just well, not competitively, and you suddenly go right. You're playing up front in this crucial international by yourself. I know you've never played up front by yourself before, but I'm sure it'll work out okay. It's like I don't know. I just I, I kind of with Scotland. Sometimes I get to this point where. If we're not, if we're going to pick Stephen Craney, then it's like, just lose so we can just sack the manager and start over. And I get to that point where I'm like, we're struggling to beat a team. So I'm like, oh, just lose, you know, just because we'll scrape a win. And then, I mean, we'll we'll find a way to find the excuse. And it's great. You know, we got the win. You know, we'll play Lichtenstein and we'll, we'll be toiling and we'll score 10 minutes to go with some rubbish goal. And we'll be like, it'll all be great again. And I'll get to the point where, like, I would rather we'd lost. And at least there'd be no excuses then. And it'll just be like, we find a way. It's like against Lithuania, who are less, frankly, they're, they're rubbish. You know? They're absolute garbage. And we struggled to a 1-0 victory against them. And we were holding on at the end, you know. And it was like, but at the end, it was all positive, you know, because we'd won, because we'd scraped a win against Lithuania. And I was like, oh, just give it a rest. Just get it back to club football. <laughs> I've got a funny I've got a funny feeling we might come unstuck at the weekend. I, 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 you know, I was looking at Liechtenstein game thinking, oh, we'll, we'll maybe scrape a result. I'm not so sure. I, I, I just, I mean, if Kenny Miller's out, Kenny Miller's out, I just, I just don't think there's a, I don't think there's a plan B. I just don't think Levine has got a plan B for for another formation or another setup. And no, I don't think so either. It's depressing. Yeah, he's came out and said, uh, well, he's still continuing to defend his, his zero up front, and he's he's also going on about this one up front and and backing that. So yeah, I I don't think he, he is going to play any other way, and with the personnel there, I just can't see who he's going to put up front, the the forwards if you like. That he's got in the squad includes Naismith, which I wouldn't play him up front. He's so effective uh, playing on on the wing, not as a winger, but uh, playing out wide. Good Willie. What does he play? What does he play on the wing as a diver? I was joking. <laughs> I was I was kind of trying to differentiate between a guy who runs down the line and somebody no. Who cuts. No, inside. I like I like I like Naismith when he's not elbowing people in the face, but um, he's. <laughs> God, I'm really endearing myself to Celtic fans recently, aren't I? Um, <laughs> no, I, we, I think you need to have Naismith starting, definitely. Um, but the problem with when we play five in the middle, it's the exact same which Hearts have had in the last couple of weeks, especially against St Johnston, and I didn't think Sergio could change it, so there you go. Some people can change, um, as Rocky said in Rocky Four. 
if I can change and we can change, everyone can change. Um, but you know, it's like if you're going to play five in a minute. How middle, many beers have you had? No enough, clearly. You sure you, sure you can stay home after the game? <laughs> I'm still on. Stallone. I'm, I'm, I'm still in Gorgias. This, this is getting recorded from from a uh, on your iPhone. Aye, exactly. Outside the pub. Um, but I think if you play five in the middle, you have to play with a bit more width. And I thought we were far too narrow, especially uh, you know against the Czechs. Um, I didn't see most of the Lithuania game, so can't comment too much. But against the Czechs in particular, I thought we were very narrow for considering we had five in the middle, and we just didn't just didn't pass the ball around well enough. So if you know, I think you have to play to your strengths, and I think four five one works against a lot of teams. I'm less convinced that when we're playing Liechtenstein, playing a sort of counter-attacking formation and system is going to be the best way to go because we have better players than them. I mean, it doesn't often happen, but we actually have better players than the opposition. Well, marginally. So surely we should at least go out to beat them, but who knows? I, I'm with Greg. I, I don't care very much anymore, to be honest. Craig, you you, you, tell, you say something positive. <laughs> Well, I was I was hoping that we were going to be taking it down to the last day, and well, in with a chance of qualifying playoff. Yeah, but but yeah, is that not like a Tuesday night or something as well? It is, yeah. yeah. Got better yeah. things to Tuesday do on Tuesday. Couldn't work the next day. <laughs> I mean, let's just put it on misery the weekend, so I don't need to get next Tuesday. So we don't have <laughs> next Wednesday, and we do it anyway. You know, I'd rather go to the cinema on a Tuesday. Do I have to watch Scotland? God. <laughs> then talk about it on this. <laughs> so moving on I'll just cut Scotland out <laughs> if they talk I, I realise that it's not going to be very positive you're going to do some predictions <laughs> yeah yeah. we want to get score lines I want to, I want to write down scores <laughs> Lichtenstein where is it in Liechtenstein. Oh, I was wanting the ground. I want to see the pitch dimensions. It might depend on how the how the game's going to pan out. Right, I'll go first then. I'll go one 0 Scotland. <laughs> oh, confident. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I'm uh, I'm going to go nothing each. Seven 0 Scotland. I don't know. <laughs> no. Um. Three uh, 0 Liechtenstein. Just, just for laughs. Three <laughs> now. I'm just gonna stick with that for a banter. I don't care. Right, it's down. But then we'll beat Spain, just because that's what Scotland do. Right, but that prediction's not until next week's. All right, is it? After I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on the on the forum, I made a, an upgrade last night and upgraded the the software, so the forums all new. You can sign up now using your, your Facebook, your Twitter account if you want. I'm sure there's there's plenty of stuff to, to learn on there, uh, myself included. I'm not, not fully up to speed, but the, the new software is a lot better than the old one. So if you haven't checked it out, then if you visit forums.scottishfootballforums.co.uk and please register. What's new? You need to sell it to me. Chat, chat features new. That's the place to be on a Friday night at half ten, I've heard, so we, in the chat room. So, all right, so we can give each <laughs> other abuse on the sly now. All oh, right. Correct. Aye, you can go in the chat room. <laughs> the right. chat room. Aye, I'm down with the kids. 
I, I don't want to know. What sort of chat room is this? Is this going to be getting... I don't want to be... Get, I don't want to get it's my laptop moderated. confiscated and uh, for police no. evidence here, Craig. <laughs> Craig Thompson's banned. <laughs> He's barred. <laughs> right, so I think that brings us to the end of the podcast then. I think it's been a good one. Laura, you've done well in the, the pub cubicle. Yeah, your iPhone. <laughs> but, uh, You've never known that. It's, it must be my round by now. We've been out here this long. <laughs> and thanks for being the guest again, Greg. No bother. I've taken the uh, the official podcast jinx is now officially off after a couple of wins, so you might see me again in future. <laughs> yeah, nice one. Right, and well, hopefully, hopefully by the time we we next speak, Scotland will have won, and uh, the dream will still be alive. <laughs> If you say so. <laughs> but yeah, but I so uh, I'll see you next week then. See you later. Right, cheers. Bye.